welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Good afternoon. Welcome to C3 Queens Beach again. My name is Steve Mo, one of the campus pastors here with my wife. And I always come here expecting, I know God's got something good for each one of us. God loves us. He watches over us. He knows what each one of us needs. I don't know how he does it, but he delivers to each one of us. And one of the things when I come here, I've always got my head up to go, what is God speaking about today? And you track it through from the prayer leading, through the offering, through communion. I believe God wants to remind us that he reigns, that Jesus is on the throne of heaven and has everything in control. And sometimes we can forget that because we live in a world that is decaying, we live in a world that is broken, we live in a world that is corrupted. And so sometimes when we're surrounded by that milieu, we can sometimes forget who is in control, who has, uh, who is our source, who is and knows everything in the universe from beginning to end. Jesus reigns on high. And I got a my sense here this afternoon is that some of us got barnacles on <laughs> Or if you want to think of yourself as an old bar somewhere on a, on a shelf somewhere, we want, we want to get that dust off. Yeah. We want to rise up like those whales do and break off those barnacles that are on us. Because we, we, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Yeah. I remember I said a couple of weeks ago, one of the things that is our biggest obstacles is we think Earth is our home. And we forget that heaven is our home. And the scripture tells us we've already been taken out of the earth and we are seated in the heavenlies. But to have that at the forefront of our heart and our spirit and our thinking uh, is what God wants us to do. But because we are in the world, sometimes the corruption and the decay could cause us to take our eyes off what God has really intended for each one of us. So whales jump out and smack down. It's their way of getting the barnacles off. And then they could go fast through the water. So that's what I'm hoping for us this afternoon, that we remind ourselves that Jesus reigns and has everything in control. And what a privilege it is to be his brothers. We were called his brother and to be a child of God because what Jesus has, he has also given to each one of us. I'm going to ask you the age-old question. Glass half full, glass half empty. There we go. All right. Who's glass half empty? <coughs> what? Gosh. Who's glass half full? Hello. Look at us this one. Who's glass half empty? No, hang on, it's half full. Oh, no, hang on, it's half empty. <laughs> hang on, it's half full. I'm not quite sure. Who's one of those? Yeah, yeah I read it. And who's the alpha choleric who goes, uh, glass of water? I ordered a, I ordered a glass of Coke. That's the fourth personality. I don't care if it's half full or half empty, I ordered Coke. If I... Now, whether you, whether, you, whether you answer half full or half empty, you are correct. Yeah. It's just a matter of whatever your answer is will determine your outlook on life. And because we're in a world which is corrupt, it is decaying, sometimes if we are not sure about who we are in Christ, if we are not sure about how much our God loves us and how much he's given to us, through the Holy Spirit, we can take that pessimistic view. Resources are running out. We have a climate crisis. We've got a pandemic. Pollution is off the go. We've got a population going out of control. 
housing, and so on we go. And if we're not careful, we can end up with that pessimistic, the world is running out. History, the glass is pouring itself out, it's emptying itself. But as Christians, we've got a very, very clear call to be optimistic, to be encouraging, to strengthen those around us and to tell them and give them a reason why. We've got objective grounds to face the future as an optimist and with confidence because we can look at history and we say God is in control, he's got his plans and purposes and the glass is filling up. Why? Because up until this point, we can say as people of faith, that all the purposes of God as laid out in the scripture have been fulfilled. If we're going to believe the prophecies about Jesus, birth, death, burial, resurrection, ascension into heaven, that we can believe every prophetic word that is spoken to about the church age and the Holy Spirit and that Jesus is coming back. We've got grounds to believe if all the scripture's been fulfilled up until now, then we've got grounds to believe that the rest of scripture is going to be fulfilled in the time the days coming forward. We're in the church age at the moment. What are we doing? We're in the church age. We are building the church. That's our job. And in God's perfect timing, when everything is fulfilled, Jesus will come back. And that's something exciting to look forward to. So why do we ask this question in the first place? How do we get this right attitude about facing the future? Because we are in that space between Jesus going and Jesus coming back. He ascended into heaven with a promise that he will return. And we're waiting for that to happen. And so and we're in a world that's fallen. So, you know, we can't get soiled by what's going on around us. But we want to shake all that off today. And I think, well, for today anyway, I think, there are three things that we can, two, one thing we can do, two things we can remind ourselves about. Here's the one thing that we can do. Eve spoke about it last week, or the week before. Preach the gospel, build the church, and fulfill the great commission and make it possible. Yeah. That's why we have beyond. That's our job. That's what yeah. the purpose of me in this generation, and I don't think there's any nicer thing to have Jesus say to me at the end of my life that you fulfilled the purposes of God in your generation. And whatever it is specifically for us, as we do our specific things and come together, it's to build the church, to fulfill the great commission. But here's two things we could remind ourselves constantly about and make sure we are looking toward. Number one, Jesus reigns on high. Jesus reigns. He's been exalted to the throne above every other name. That's who he is and that's where he is. Secondly, we are going to eagerly await his return. Now, Jesus came first time, came as a suffering servant. He didn't aspire to be glorious. He aspired and humbled himself to be a servant. And he became obedient, even to death on the cross. Came as a baby in the major. He's coming again, but he's not coming like that. He's coming as a triumphant king. And we're going to see him as he really is in all his glory. So that's something to get excited about. We don't live like people who are not believers live. We look at the world and go, actually, this is not really what is true. Bible says, don't look at what you see, you look at what you can't see. We try and access it through prayer and through worship and through reading the word. We look around the the world that everyone thinks, that the corruption, it's real. 
But also, the resurrection of Jesus tells us there's a different way to live. There's something else going on, something which is higher, and we ask the Holy Spirit every day to strengthen that and to reveal that to us. And so we look to Jesus. Where is Jesus? He's on the throne. What's his promise? That he will leave that throne at some point and bring the throne room and bring heaven with him to earth. I love this from John chapter 3. Verse 13, no one's ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, Jesus speaking, not me. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. If you read that story in the Old Testament, uh, the children of Israel had a plague of snakes come in, and they were biting them and they were dying from the poison. And so Moses said to God, help us. And God said, do this, put a bright snake on a pole, lift it up, and everybody who looks at it, if they get bit, will survive, they will be cured. And so Jesus is saying, think about me like that. I will be lifted up, and if you look to me, you will be saved. Speaking of the cross, but then also speaking of his ascension and God's elevation of him to the throne that is above every other throne and if we look to jesus because i think the bible is really clever the older i've got the wiser i think the bible is i think that is so clever <laughs> and what was um what people were dealing with thousands of years ago we are still dealing with today the human heart god knows the human heart knows we suffer fear and anxiety and everything else the bible is a wise book i can't get over it uh, but, so well, whatever we might be going through, you will find the wisdom and the way to get through it in the Bible. But sometimes, for whatever we are facing, you know, sometimes it's just look to Jesus. Sometimes we believe, the Bible says, I believe and so therefore I speak. I believe Jesus is exalted so I speak. I believe Jesus will return as King of kings and Lord of lords, written on, written on himself. Uh, and I believe that, so therefore I speak it. Sometimes the way out of some of our issues and problems is to leave them and to focus on our Lord and to focus on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And so we look to him because if we look to Jesus, we are going to move in the direction of where he is. I want to be close to Jesus. He's, he's enthroned in heaven, so I look to heaven and, and I say, you are enthroned far above every power and every authority. And if I'm facing that way, I can't walk this way. Yeah. If I'm looking to Jesus and exalting him, that's the way I will grow. Yeah. Yeah. If I take my eyes off Jesus, yeah. I'm going to be over here and I'm going to be subject to all sorts of things. Yeah. That's why we need people around us. Yeah. Because for all of us here... I don't know how many of you will be down at the moment, but I also know an equal number of you will be up. Yeah. Sometimes we have to rely on other people's faith to get us through. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, often. Yeah. But if we can avoid that, good. So I looked at, some, sometimes it's like, lift up your arms and praise God. Yeah. Lift up your arms and declare his goodness and his greatness. Jesus, you are awesome. Yeah. You are sovereign, Jesus. And so we're looking to Jesus and eventually... You can't, you can't keep walking like that. It's not comfortable. Eventually, you come and you walk into his presence. And into his presence, you'll find fullness of joy. 
It's also when we're looking to him, we'll reflect his glory to the world. We want to be people who are, well, we are people sown into the world. So we want to reflect his glory. We are only going to be as effective as we are connected to Jesus. How do you get connected to Jesus? You regard him. You look at him. You say what the Bible says about him. He is exalted. He is king of kings. He is lord of lords. I believe, so therefore I speak. There's a simple prayer to walk around. Jesus, you are king of kings and you are lord of lords. Don't have to get more complicated than that. Again, the older I get, the more and more simple and plain speak I think the Bible is. So we declare, Jesus, you are king of kings and you are lord of lords. And as I gaze into that truth, then I should reflect. If I'm not gazing into him and looking away, I think that it's a little bit more difficult. So we embrace these two truths. Jesus reigns on high and he is coming back as a glorious king to conquer all. So let's look at some Bible verses. Yeah, got some enthusiasm here. <laughs> Let me say these things. You just soak them in into your spirit this afternoon. Yeah. Try to by- bypass your brains. All right. Uh, Lord, Christ reigns as king of the universe and will continue to reign forever. The cup of history is filling up. The church is advancing. The kingdom of God is advancing. There are more Christians on the planet now than there ever was. And I haven't researched the stats, but I think I read somewhere. I think it's true. But there are some other growing religions, but most of them are growing through birth. Most of them are growing because families are getting bigger. It's the Christians which are growing because of conversion. People hearing the gospel and having their hearts turned. Jesus is in control. Jesus reigns on high. There will never be a time from now until forever when Jesus is not on the throne of the universe. That's the truth. Let me read to you from Ephesians chapter 1. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. This is our prayer this afternoon. My prayer for you. I pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened in order that you would know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, that's the church, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. We, each of us, have the gift of the Holy Spirit. We've got the gift of salvation. We've got the gift of the word of God. We've got the gift of prayer. And it's a great power for us who believe. We've got the name of Jesus. Not only is it a great power, it's the incomparably great power. Only we we're aware of that. If only we were confident about that. That's what Paul is praying. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exhorted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly thrones. How far? Far above all rule and authority. Not just above all rule and authority, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked. Who is our Jesus? He is the one who is enthroned far above every power, every authority, every dominion. All rules on a natural plane, kings and presidents, Jesus is far above. All other seen powers and principalities, all demonic things that would come against us, Jesus is far above them. He is sovereign. And he has placed, God has placed all things under his feet 
and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. We have a great, almighty friend in Jesus. It happens to, we've got a friend who's a king. King of kings, far above all power and all authority. And everything has been placed under his feet. Who for? It says, for the church. That's you and me. He represents us. He's there to ensure that God's promises are unfailingly worked out in your life. When we take our eyes off Jesus, we can forget that. But he is far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and he represents us and he will make sure because everything he's been put up to his feet for the church, for the believers, for his children. What would you do for your children if you have children? Everything. He's there to ensure that his promises are unfailingly worked out. No satanic or human activity will be able to frustrate the purpose of God on your behalf because he is above all authority, he is above all power, and what Jesus says goes. What does Jesus say? My love and my compassion will follow you all the days of your life. And Jesus has been made alive. He's been raised up with Christ. He's seated in the heavenly realms. I'm reading from Ephesians chapter 2. We might have all of it. And everything that God did for Jesus, he has done for us. It's remarkable. As soon as you get your head around that, you probably haven't got your head around the right thing because his love for us is beyond our understanding. That's why we receive it in our heart and we receive it in our spirit. The scripture says this, he has made us alive with Christ. He has raised us up with Christ. He has seated us with Christ in the heavenly realms. Not only is Jesus far above every authority, every rule, every power, and every dominion, but he shares that authority with each one of us. That's why if we're not looking to where Jesus is, if we're not reminding ourselves of where he is and of who he is, then, then, then we're missing out on all the equipping and all the authority that God has given for us to do and to use in this world. Jesus reigns. That's our first thing to remind ourselves. The second thing to remind ourselves is that he's coming back. Amen. And he's coming back as king. And he's coming back as judge. Sorry, we're going to be judged. But it doesn't matter. We will be saved. That's for another day. And his return is something we hold on to, hope-wise. When we're in the middle of this world, we are in the world, we're not of the world. Yeah. We come from heaven. We're seated in the heavenly places. So we come from heaven and we bring from heaven Love, we bring from heaven hope. We bring from heaven faith. That's who we are walking around in this fallen world. And 1 Peter chapter 1 says this, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace that will be brought to you where Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. We have a hope and we are expectant. Scripture says, who's Jesus coming back for? He's coming back for those who are looking forward to his return. And I don't know about you, I'll speak for me, but I don't, I do now because I've just read it in the last, last week, so I'll put it on my heart. But I don't think enough about the fact that Jesus is on the throne, I've got that one under control, but I don't think far enough ahead to celebrate and live out of the fact that he's coming back as king. And everything 
everything that's here is going to pass away. All these things I worry about, all these things that I'm anxious about, sickness, uh, oppression, uh, financial issues, relationships, all these things I can come with the love and the encouragement and the care of Jesus now. But all those things and all those pressures are going to disappear because our King comes back and he brings with him heaven. He brings with him a new heaven and he brings with him a new birth. The promise of Christ's return is certain. This is a blessed hope we hold on to through belief in Jesus' second coming. Let me read you this. I'll make one more point and then we'll pray. This is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, whenever that may be, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven and with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, the dead in Christ will rise. Don't you love that? Jesus is coming and with the command, the dead will rise. The dead will rise. And after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. We are to encourage ourselves with the truth that Jesus is on the throne. Jesus reigns. It's his universe. It's his world. We are his children. And he's coming back. He's coming back when he's good and ready. He's coming back when he is given the go-ahead from the Father in the perfect time. And when he comes, he will come with a command, dead rise, and we're going to be given new bodies. Isn't that amazing? Let me read you this. Who's excited about that? This is a much bigger, bigger thing, but all I want to do this afternoon is for us to catch. God, God reigns. Jesus reigns. And he's coming back when he's good and ready, and we can, in the meantime, enjoy those truths and bring them forward. We already have the victory. It's like I'm walking out on day one of the boxing test. Talking cricket now, sports. I probably lost the top of it. I'm coming out day one of the boxing day test, and I know I'm going to make a hundred. I'm going to enjoy it because I know I can't get out. I still got to graft. I still got to do the work, but I know in my heart I'm going to get a hundred. I think like that about the Jesus returning. I know He's coming back. And when he comes back, it's going to be awesome, fantastic, nothing that I can even imagine that it's going to be like, but it's going to be better than the most best thing that you can think of. And one of the things we get is a new body. God redeems us spiritually. He redeems our soul. Why would he leave our body out? We are body, soul, and spirit. We get a new body. Who's excited? In case you don't, I didn't back it up. It's in Scripture. I'm going to read two more scriptures. Philippians 3. Their destiny is destruction. This is people in the world who don't believe. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. They do shameful things in which they glory. Their mind is still on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await the Saviour from there. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming back. When you start to look for it, you see it everywhere. The promise that Jesus is returning who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, and he will transform our lonely bodies 
so that they will be like his glorious body. What an amazing, can't get my head around, promise that the scripture tells us. That we will see him as he really is and we will be like him as he really is. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that be, will be revealed in us. We suffer. We have strife. There are challenges. But what we do and what we can't be sure of is that the kingdom that is coming is far better than anything that we are going through. So we win. We win. In the meantime, we look to God and we sustain ourselves for the promise. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. On that great day of the Lord where Jesus returns, all of creation is waiting for it. All of creation is groaning for where we will be revealed as who we truly are. God's love, God's wonderful, God's saved children. And we will be like him. That's why we want people pray for that day. Let's pray quickly because the sooner I'm like him, the sooner I'm going to be happy. But in the meantime, I satisfy myself. I encourage myself with the hope with the truth that what I'm looking at really isn't what it's about. What I have encouraging and hoping myself about, there is coming a day when all of creation will be redeemed. There is coming a day when all that is corrupt, all that is decayed will be made right because it will reflect who God is. Therefore, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, do not lose heart. This is my prayer. Do not lose heart. I believe, therefore I speak. Do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs the ball. So fix your eyes, not on what you see, but on what is unseen. Since what we see is temporary, and what we don't see, what is unseen, is eternal. What is that unseen? world jesus reigns on high and he will be there there will be no time from now until the future when he will not be on the throne what's he doing on that throne he's praying for us he's watching over us he's making sure that the purposes of god in our lives will come to pass and so one of the wise things we can do to encourage ourselves in god is to just look to jesus and declare he is on the throne and by looking and turning to him we will receive Secondly, we encourage ourselves that he is coming back. When he comes back, all creation, including us, will be renewed and restored. And so we remind ourselves of those two truths. Well, let me pray. And let's stand. No, stand, sorry. Let's just sit. I mean, sit. You know, God did the work. Let's sit. Let's have a bit of music, busy. And let God, Holy Spirit, just minister that truth deep into our 
hearts and deep into our spirits this afternoon. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, we pray that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened, Lord. In order that we may know the hope to which you have called us, Lord, the riches of your glorious inheritance we have in the church, Lord. Father, that we would be connected with the truth, that you have given us the love of Jesus, that you have given us great power, Lord. Father, that same power that raised your son Jesus from the dead, Lord, you have blessed us with. So give us the wisdom, give us the understanding now to walk in that truth. And Father, yeah, we surrender. Lord, where we have taken our eyes off you, where we have forgot, Lord, Father, where we have allowed ourselves to be bowed down by the ways of this world. Here this afternoon, I thank you, Lord, that you've reminded us of your truth. Lord, we shake that off now. Holy Spirit, we invite you to lead us, to speak to us each and every day this week and beyond. That you would remind us, that you would shine us up to you. Shine us up to you, dust us off. Clean us up, Lord. We turn ourselves to you. We turn our faces to you. Jesus, you are Lord. You are King of Kings. You are above, far above all power, all dominion, all authority. We declare that. We believe it. We speak it. And we believe you are returning Jesus as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We believe it, so we speak it. We are yours, you are ours. We thank you for that great day. Father, bless us as we look to be your ministers of the spirit that brings life in a world that needs you, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.